can we view life as a design project? What design principles can help us be more creative? Why should we start designing for the life that we want as we grow older? I'm Bon Koo, the host of Design Lab. It's a show where we explore the question, how might we design healthier lives? I am excited about today's guest. It's Aisha Purcell. She has been on the list of Fast Company's most creative people and is on the Thinkers 50 radar list of 30 management thinkers most likely to shape the future of organizations. She wrote the book, Design the Life You Love, and she gives lectures on Design the Work You Love to corporations. She is the co-founder of Purcell Plus Sec, the award-winning design and innovation studio. She consults to global firms that include Amazon, Herman Miller, GE, Ikea, Staples, Toyota, and others. Her work can be found in the permanent collection of the Museum of Modern Art. Public service announcement, you can support Design Lab in three ways. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We love that. We read each one. Sign up for the newsletter. The link is on the podcast show notes. And tell someone about the podcast. Share about us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This means a lot. Right now, you know that we do not have corporate sponsors every week. My producer, Rod Pugliese, and I are so focused on producing good content. We just don't have the bandwidth right now to go after sponsors. But it means a lot when you support us by these three ways because it helps others find out about the show. All right. Now here's my conversation with Aisha Purcell. Aisha Bursell, welcome to Design Lab. I've been a longtime fan of your work, and I was like so thrilled to meet you back at the Fortune Brainstorm Design event in May of this year in New York City. So I was like, this is so cool. I got to hear you speak and meet you and invite you to the podcast. And I know you have an extremely busy schedule. So thank you for making some time for us. Thank you. It's such a pleasure, Bon. And shout out to Beck Ilhan, another amazing designer, for bringing us together. Yes, Yay. yes. I love that you say life is a design project. And it was the first time I heard someone talk about life in that grand of a term. And it really inspired me to think of help as a design project. And I'm curious to know your journey and coming to that conclusion and what led you to write your first book on that? And your first book is called Design the Life That You Love. Exactly. It's, you know, it's a funny story, Bond, because I was invited to a women's president organization, WPO. Actually, I was a member. Mm-hmm. And this was years ago. And we were asked to define our mission in one sentence. And I thought to myself, you know, how can I do that? It's such a crazy kind of idea to put all of that in one, into one sentence. And I thought, I'm the only designer in the room, so I should say something related to design. And then, I don't know how, but I blurted this sentence. My mission in life is to design the life I love. And then the whole room turned to me <laughs> and looked at me. And they, you know, I've kept in touch with some of the women who were in that room, and they've told me they've never forgotten that. And that sentence has not forgotten me. So, mm. <laughs> you know, once I uttered that, everything became about like this realization that our life is our biggest project. 
it is such a optimistic statement. Are designers inherently optimistic? Designers are inherently optimistic or they need to be. That's one of my design principles because we think that no matter how hard the problem, we can come up with a better solution. And I think you can speak to this in spades. Yeah. Uh, but in that optimism is what carries us towards the future. And you have this process, the deconstruction, reconstruction process. And can you explain to our audience what that is? Yes. So that also was an interesting journey because I've been designing products. I'm an industrial designer and I've been designing products for so many years. But at one point, I decided to figure out how I think and what this intuitive process is like. And it's kind of like a reverse engineering mm. of like, how do I get from what I know today to what I can imagine for the future? And I started to kind of try and catch myself in those moments of where I start to think differently. Mm. And I realized almost always the process starts with breaking apart what I know and thinking about what is this thing made up of? And that's the deconstruction part. Mm. And then thinking about those parts in different ways and gathering inspiration. And once you start doing that, you start to see things differently and you realize, oh, maybe I don't need this part. Maybe this could be a new part. This connection could mm. be done with this other thing. And before you know it, you're starting to reconstruct a new idea. Mm. And what's interesting about reconstruction is the realization that you can't have everything, and this is really important. So what you choose really is important and it affects the end result. And, and these kind of like realizing these steps and then distilling them into really simple steps that anyone can do became really important. And the reason that it became important was because Bon, I would show it to my friends uh -huh. and I'd be like, Hey, look, this is my design process. This is how I think. And they'd go, Oh, that looks so complicated, Aisha. And I'd be like, what? You know, <laughs> to me, it seems very obvious, but with the help of my friends, I kind of simplified it and simplified it because I do believe like design is also simplicity on the other side of complexity mm -hmm. so i had to kind of make it simple to understand and so that that's how my process came to be and if you're listening and want to learn more about the process not only can you learn about it in your book but there's also an online course that's on on your website that we'll link to exactly yes you can practice it i love that there's so many questions i want to ask we're totally going to run out of time but let's talk about some of the design principles that you talk about we can use to be more creative. There's so many of them that I've read a lot of the articles that you wrote, listened to some podcasts. So maybe a couple of them that you think might resonate for the audience. And there's a couple that really resonated with me as well. First of all, thank you so much for doing research on me. That's always very flattering. And I should really quiz you on, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give you the answer. So one of them is the one that we started with, right? Is optimism. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very useful one to be intentionally 
an optimist. Another one is thinking holistically, seeing the big picture so we can connect the dots in new and different ways. Empathy is really important and one of our superpowers as designers, but I find anybody can practice empathy mm. to be able to put yourself in the shoes of someone else. But often I tell people, you also have to have empathy for yourself. Mm. not just for other people. Then let's see, what are we missing? Collaboration, mm. building on each other's ideas, especially industrial design is very collaborative because as an industrial designer, you can't manufacture something on your own. You do mm. need the manufacturer, you need engineers, you need marketers, you need researchers. And, and you realize how rich that, is to collaborate with other people is yeah. such an incredible privilege and you don't have to have all the answers you know and and then the the fifth one is asking what if questions which is all about having an open mind mm -hmm. as soon as you say what if it follows that there is multiple answers to that and that's the other thing I like about design is it's not about just one answer it's about generating different permutations of ideas, different coming up with different solutions, but then eventually one of those rises to the top, mm. answers most of the criteria. A few other tips that you wrote about of how we can be more creative that really resonated with me is remembering to be playful. As a physician working in healthcare, things are serious. We deal with serious stuff. If we make a mistake, someone can die. And sometimes that when I get into these planning meetings or working with my colleagues, introducing play seems a little bit weird to do. But when we have done it, it helps us to be more creative. You know, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because I actually think the more serious the situation or the problem, the more you need to have levity and humor. Mm -hmm because it helps you to think differently about the same things. If you're crushed by the seriousness of something, you're never going to get to another idea. So the playfulness helps to break your preconceptions and to be silly and to be free. It doesn't mean that the answer is going to be silly or kind of absurd. Yeah. It just means, you know, teaching your brain to be able to go from idea to idea. And actually, I was looking at, something the other day so if i may share that with yeah. your with you and your audience uh -huh. one of my friends james devries was the chief design officer at or maybe that's not the exact title design director at harvard business review uh -huh. i mean that's very serious right it's yeah. <laughs> but what he he and his team would do they would make like fake magazine covers or fake book covers to kind of get to that idea of let's play first and open up our minds and then let's design the actual thing. I love that. And there's some design exercises that I've done with people in leadership and healthcare organizations and physicians and researchers and they love it because it's like, I think it gives them that permission and often in their jobs, they don't have that permission to be playful. And it's like, they're like so hungry for it. And I don't think they realize that they need that. 
and that that helps them to be more creative. You know, you're making me think it's almost like meditating. These days, a lot of people meditate. I would suggest an additional exercise to meditation and to start your day with a five-minute creative exercise. Mm. And the creative exercise could be super simple. Like you could do a stick figure or put a couple things on your table together and look at it and go, you know, just laugh at it. You know, you know if I put my three different things together in a weird way. But those things kind of remind you and your brain that mm. you can be creative and it doesn't take a lot of time and it, mm. it can change everything. I love that because being creative sounds daunting, I think, for people who have been pigeonholed as being like not creative and it could be like, whoa, how do I do that? But that's a nice, tangible, easy way to implement creativity on a daily basis. Yes, and if people who are listening to you, if they've ever been five years old, and I think they all have been, then they're creative. Mm. They just need to go back to their five-year-old selves. That's all it takes. And today I ordered a pre-order, a copy of your new book. It's coming Yay. out in December. It's called Design the Long Life you love a step-by-step -step guide to love purpose well-being and friendship can you give us a sneak peek of what's going on in the book and i encourage listeners to pre-order it now you're not going to regret it we're going to put a, a link in the show notes to where you can pre-order it love it and it's coming out beginning of december mm -hmm. so pre-ordering it would be great and then you could do it over christmas yeah. And think about your long oh, life for 2023. That's going to be a great Christmas book, yes. So in a nutshell, this book is about the idea of same, different. And it was the realization through our research with older people that, first of all, we do live longer compared to our grandparents. And we have 20, 25 to 30 more years, hopefully. Good years, actually. And it's really asking ourselves, well, what am I going to do with this bonus time? Mm. And the same different idea is the realization that we are the same people no matter what our age. And that's why the books is subtitled Love, Purpose, Well-Being, and Friendship, because these are timeless desires that we all have no matter what our age mm. and it as i was thinking about our interview i wanted to tell you and everybody who's listening to us this is also about no segregation between ages mm. and that diversity is not only about race and gender or culture or socioeconomic position it's also about age mm. and this book is a manifesto against ageism. There, I said it. <laughs> I, I love that. And it's for everyone, you know, and that's part of the deal is that it's not for only people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. It's also, it's actually a great book for like 20 year olds. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like society forgets about older people and even businesses forget about older people, the whole 
target audience always seems to be like, oh, if you're like 20 or you're Gen Z, but older Americans are a huge market for businesses. All right, let's do this. The size of the market for older people is very big. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to share some numbers. Americans age 50 plus is the world's third largest economy. What? Yeah. Whoa. And half of every dollar spent in the U.S. comes from someone who's 50 or older. That's incredible spending I power. I did not know that. Just look at the dollar and say half of this always comes from somebody who's 50 plus. Hmm. And then if you are a business owner, leader, entrepreneur, startup, anyone in healthcare, any industry, look at older people with new eyes because uh -huh. they, they are you know, amazing. And also, let's see, by 2050, 22% of all Americans will be 65 plus. That's one-fifth of all Americans. Why is so much of the emphasis on people under 50 in almost every sector that we see? Exactly. And that's actually what led my team and I to think, like, we really want to understand what it means to be older. Mm -hmm. And the good news, after we did our research in my book, Design the Long Life You Love, is really founded on about two years of research mm. co-designing life with people who are 60, 65 mm. plus, is the realization that actually 20-year-olds and 60-year-olds are more similar than different. Mm. And you can only see that if you take the long view on life. And what's interesting, it again is this idea of same different, that a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old is interested in love, purpose, well-being, and friendship. Mm. But how they can get to those things is different. Mm. But that doesn't mean, for example, for Tinder or Match.com or any of those, you know, if we take some of the top you know, apps or platforms for finding new love, mm. it doesn't mean that you have to design another app or platform for older people. It mm. means that you need to work with both younger people, which they do, but also older people who have incredible wisdom, mm. and then find solutions that will appeal to both sides. Yeah. And it's not that hard to do. It's just that you need to have both sides, older and younger people in the room. And then that mm. becomes an incredible opportunity for innovation. Mm. And, you know, I think younger people may have assumptions about older people that aren't necessarily true and biases. And it's important to take those off. And just speaking on my profession in medicine, that if we have these biases and lack of empathy towards older patients, we may not be able to tailor our medical plans for what they might want. You know, they may, an older patient may go, Hey, I know getting my knee repaired is a little bit riskier, but I still like to snowboard, even though I'm 68 years old, you know, and that's exactly. important for me that I want my, exactly. I need, I want my ACL repaired. I suppose, you know, you, you don't necessarily need it repaired because you could still have a lot of function. But if we, as a physician, I may just assume like, well, they're not going to be snowboarding at that age. 
Exactly. And that's part of the problem is that we tend to see aging as a reduction of our mm. capabilities. And of course, there are things that become more difficult. But again, when we co-design life with older people, we realized they have an incredible growth mindset. Mm. And they're courageous, they're curious, they're very wise. Mm. And that, that's a cognitive science proves that we, get, we do get wiser as we get older because we get better at pattern recognition. Mm. And there's a reason why older people are better at crossword puzzles, for example. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So it's really important that we, again, back to this principle, I think the unifying principle of same, different. You know, older people are into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I think you know this as a physician, yeah. just as any young person. It's just that it's a little bit different. Mm. And that's the difference is what makes it interesting because you can mine into the differences. And as you do that, you might actually find some interesting solutions for younger people as well. Mm. You know, I want to pick your brain about, you say that life is a design project and I would say, you know, health is a design project. So can we use design principles to, you know, what, what are some like design principles that we can use to create a healthier life? So one of the things that I talk about in the book is these growth spurts. So when you're young, your growth spurt is physical and your body, your physicality, your hormones, they go you know, through the roof. Mm. And then in midlife, it's more of an intellectual growth spurt where you learn new skills, you develop them, you become experts at them. And then as you grow older, you have this mind over body experience and you have a spirit or soul growth spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I think specifically as we think of getting older, that mind over body is a beautiful thing to behold mm -hmm. and a way to get healthier. And so a lot of these things that I've seen older people do is they draw their sense of well-being from helping other people, for example. It's not just, am I running the marathon you know, this year in New York? It's also, have I helped the most number of people? Mm. And that I find that beautiful. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not going to run the marathon, but there's it's an and. I want to run the marathon or walk through the marathon, and I want to help a lot of people. Oh, I love that. I love this principle of like kind of like designing the mindset around designing it. Designing the mindset. And it's so needed, especially as as we age, because, well, we're going to get diseases. <laughs> we will get chronic diseases. We will maybe deal with pain more. And how do we not be fatalistic about it? Because I see many many people have that mindset, you know, but Hey, how are we going to live our best lives or fullest lives? And while living with cancer, you know, while living with heart disease that we may not be able to necessarily do all the things we did when we were younger, like, you know, run a marathon, but we can still live full lives. 
we could, and you know, again, what really helped me to think about all this differently was co-designing with older people. Mm. And co-designing is different from interviewing them mm. or observing them. What does that mean? You know, most conventional design research, you observe people, which is great, and you interview people. So when you interview people with challenges, they tell you and they can complain about their health issues, about this chronic disease or this pain that they have. But you take the same people and you put them in a room and you give them a creative design process and tell them or ask them, would you like to design the life you love? And suddenly they start to turn their challenges into opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things about design. It's not a design principle, but inherent in design is that you try to turn your challenges into opportunities. And that's the growth mindset. And almost everyone that we worked with, and we worked with more than 250 people across the United States, in low to middle income households, mostly middle income households. And they truly turn challenges into opportunities. And they would say, okay, I don't have a lot of time left. Therefore, my time is precious. I'm going to use it well. Therefore, I'm going to do what I love. I want to leave behind something. So I'm going to start a new project. It was just incredible. And what I always kind of, I'm amazed at we worked with people who were 90 plus years old, some of them in wheelchairs. We even did sessions in nursing homes. None of them, Bon, asked us, where have you been all my life? Don't you mm. think it's a little bit too late? No, they were like, I'm 90 years old and I'm going to design my life. And that is the spirit. I love that. And it sounds like there's so much creativity there. And especially when they have this constraint of time, <laughs> like literally that they may be a lot more creative than a person who has 60 years left of their life. Absolutely. And it's really interesting. Some of this is counterintuitive because like one of the things, almost everyone, when we did friendship sessions, they would tell us, you know, I'm too old to suffer fools. So I'm going to unfriend some of my friends. <laughs> I want to have new friends, but I want to, like, I don't need any kind of friends that for whatever reason that, you know, I feel like I've earned the right to defriend them. Or there were a lot of women who would say, you know, I want love, but I'm, I don't need to live in the same house as you. Mm. I want to have my own house. I want to have my own life, but I'll see you. I would love to see you in, you know, have intimacy some of the time. And I love that. It's so such a modern approach to life. Yeah. And if I may say one more thing that for me was like the cherry on top of the cake was you learn to love yourself as mm. you get older. Mm. And I think we could all start to do that earlier on. But most older people we talk to were like, okay, I'm not perfect, but that's fine. Mm. I want to be nice to myself. I mean, that in itself, I mean, is enough for me to want to write a book about these people and say, hey, hey, you in your 20s or 30s and 40s, you're going to start to love yourself in your 60s. Let's start sooner. Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to read it. You are a world famous designer, and I'm curious to know who 
have been some of your design influencers that have shaped your journey as a designer? Wow. So <laughs> there are many answers, but I think the person who influenced me most, okay, maybe I'll mention a couple of the names uh -huh. and I'll then deep dive into one of them. Rowena Reed, which not many of you have heard. Bruce Hanna, who was my first employer and collaborator, who was the chair of Pratt Institute. Patty Moore, some of you might have heard about her. When she was in her 20s, she had this brilliant idea to transform herself into an old woman through makeup and kind of clothing, a costume. And then she went into different environments as an old woman mm. in the body of an old woman. But inside there was like, like a 25 year old and she was the first researcher and developer of universal design. Mm. Isamu Noguchi. That is a great list. I love that. So I'll deep dive, if I may, into yep. Rowena Reed. So Rowena uh -huh. Reed was 80-some years old when I started my master's at Pratt Institute. And we didn't quite know how old she was, except that we knew she was over 80. And she was the most brilliant teacher. And she became my first friend. I had just arrived from Turkey oh. to New York. And you know, it's hard to make friends in New York. And she took me under her wings. She taught me how to live like a New Yorker, how to shop for food from Dean and DeLuca at the time, <laughs> where to buy sandwiches, how to eat. She lived in a loft and she had developed a process by which she would teach her students how to think in three dimensions mm. and in three dimensions, meaning like how do you create an object or a space in three dimensions? Mm. And, and it's a very hard thing to do. And she somehow step-by-step step, took this very abstract concept and made it teachable. Mm. So where I want to, go to with that is Bon. Years later, I realized all my life I've been trying to emulate her. And so now I live in a loft. I eat like her. I want to teach when I'm in my 80s if I live long. And I've been trying to create this process, deconstruct, reconstruct, so that anybody from ages like 10 to 90 can think like a designer and not be afraid of doing so. So I feel like that was the depth of her influence on me. That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> I've started to ask guests a couple of final questions at the end to engage our listening audience. Can you recommend a book that you've been reading recently or one of your favorites from the past? And if one of our listeners were to visit you in New York City, where would you take them to eat? Oh, I love those questions. And I'm glad you're kind of signaling to me that we're finishing our conversation because I feel like you and I can talk a whole day. So I don't have one book answer, so I'll give a couple book answers. For everybody who wants a creative answer, The Creative Habit by Twyla Thorpe is my favorite creative book. The Earned Life by Marshall Goldsmith, the world's number one leadership coach. The Long Game which is a, a sister to my book by 
Dory Clark, The Long Game, How to Be a Long-Term Thinker in a Short-Term World. Can I add two more books? Yes, I'm writing these all down. I'm going to put them all in the show notes for listeners so they can click on it. So How to Be Honest with Ron Carucci. And actually, Ron and I have done Design the Honest Life You Love. And it's a great, great session. And then I have so many more, but I'll just end with this one. Michael Bengay Stainier's How to Begin for anybody who is looking for guidance about how to start a new project. And he says, he says, you know that you have more to contribute. And I just want to tell everyone who's listening to us, I know that you have more to contribute. So design the long life you love. And as part of that life, start something new and read Michael's book as well. So then I would say, if you came to New York, and I hope you do, here's where I would take you to lunch or dinner. It's Tonchin. Tonchin is T-O-N-C-H-I-N. And it's the best ramen in Ooh, New York. I love ramen. <laughs> I have not I been there. I got to check this place out. Well, you have to check it out with me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are some great recommendations. I have a lot of more books that I need to order right now. And yeah. it was such a joy to have you on the show. And I can't wait for your new book. I'm going to order a couple more as gifts. So Thank you. Yeah, it's actually, if I may, we're coming to the end of the year. It's a great year end, like Christmas and New yeah. Year gift book, because it you could also use it for the New Year, New Me. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a great book for older people to remind them that you love them. And it's a great book for younger people, because we can start designing our life really young. And here are some great lessons from older people. I can't wait. So pre-order, pre-order everyone. Yay, yay. Design the long life you love. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my pitch. Such a joy connecting with you. So honored that you made some time for us on your busy schedule. We really appreciate it. Thank you. The honor is mine. I'm so glad you invited me. This was so much fun. I can't wait to have ramen with Aisha Brussel in New York City. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can find her both on Twitter and Instagram at A-Y-S-E-B-I-R-S-E-L-S-E-C-K and pre-order multiple copies of her book. I'm giving you an easy way to do that holiday shopping. Reach out to me on Twitter at B-O-N-K-U, on Instagram at D-R-B-O-N-K-U. Design Lab is produced by Rob Pugisi, editing by Fernando K. Rose. Our theme music was created by Emmanuel Houston and the cover design by Eden Liu. See you next week.